0: Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I've got a question here from Chayla. She's been doing groundwork with a three-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred, and recently she started bucking, kicking, and crow-hopping the second we walk her into the arena or the round pen for groundwork. She kicks and bucks in the arena, and she's trying to practice calm and connected but she doesn't feel safe with her. Last week she finally got her calm enough to practice walks on a lunge line and short lines in different directions in the round pen but then she got bored and she started to kick again. Have you got any suggestions for ways to work with her?
1: Yeah I I was thinking about this question when I read it and I was um, I get the feeling she's still not quite connected and she's still got outside thoughts um, she's possibly anticipating education um, when you take her from where she's, you know, to, to where you're going to work her. And there's something in the education that, that maybe has to change a little bit so she's more comfortable with the education. But by the sounds of it, she, she I, I'd say if you look closely, she's um probably got signs of disconnection right from the time you sort of get her to take her away from where she was to where you're taking her to where you're going to work her. So, I would say that, you know, I've got a horse just recently that, um, well, not recently, actually, I say recently. In my mind, it seems recent. It might have been two years ago, but I helped. And, and you know, you'd walk at two metres and it'd start to sort of, you know, have the sort of stuff that your horse is doing. So basically I'd walk at a, a couple of metres and, and when I saw the thoughts just gently folding softly away, you could see the horse not just go from one to the other, it'd start to, just thoughts would just get away a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it you know, if you walk to 10 metres further, that's when it sort of have like a bit of a meltdown. But basically, as soon as I saw that horse starting to kind of lean back a little, not, not even that it was pulling, but its body, body and mind was changing, That was like it wasn't quite with me. Then I'd stop. I'd maybe pop the flag or bang my leg or something. And the horse would reset that thought. It'd come back to me. I'd let it sniff on me. I'd stand a little and then I might walk it back in the direction that it wanted to go to say, it's okay, I saw you get a little anxious, um, reset, connect with me, feel good, and then I took it back uh, so it could tick off its bucket list if it was worried because I was showing that horse, I'll take you home. Um, like you would ride a young horse home before you take it too far. You know, you ride it out a few metres and ride it back into the yard and out and back until you can ride out 50 metres. So that was one one way, but but I am guess what I'm trying to say is I have a feeling that your horse is slipping away emotionally uh, with its thoughts and you've got to get them back sooner, reset, show that the horse, you know, but may always check in to make sure your horse is going to sniff out on you and it's kind of interacting with you. And I would do more of that. So you could lead your horse between one place and the other, but stopping along the way and checking in to make sure that horse is still with you. And comfortable about it. And, and then when you work it, you might for the first few days, you might just get it going from one area to the other and saying, thanks for that. That's all I wanted you to do. And then take it back in the paddock or, you know, where it wanted to be or where, where it originally wanted to be more um, and then show it that that's what you're going to do. Your intention is just to have it connected walking with you. And then the other thing I'd say is I by the sounds of it, and I can't answer it in a, in, a, in one question in the sense of if, if, if without, you know, seeing exactly what you're doing, by the sounds of it, um, there's something in the groundwork that's triggering an anxiety in your horse is saying, I know where, where I'm going and I don't really want to do the work in there. So I'm actually getting anxious and I want to stay back at my last place of safety. So I think you might have to address in, in, um, a stronger connection when you're in that arena doing your, your, your exercises or whatever you're doing with your horse. But also I'd look at um, doing less, but expecting more. So, so like, you know, you might be sending your horse on a circling doing all these things, but your horse is slightly disconnected, sometimes tapping out, tapping in, not doing each one of those things very well. So I might just go to that arena and I just get the horse to rock backwards and forwards in the halter till it's really soft and connected to the backward movement and the forward movement in the hold. And I might say, thank you, let's take you back to your paddock. Uh, but I would expect it to really think about it and be connected to what it's doing. And I think if you really identify that and see if your horse is really connected with what you're doing, you might find that you know it'll soften and, and um, be more confident with pressure, then you slowly build up the things that you do in the arena. Um, but I'd, I'd, um, I'd put the, um, the magnifying glasses on so you can really see exactly where your horse's thoughts are right when they start to sort of leave or leak away and sort of address it sooner than a little later and see how you go. But, yeah, thanks for that question.
0: Okay, the next question is from Anne. She has a riding horse that wants to keep pulling heavily to the outside of the tracks. So she doesn't respond to rain or leg pressure. And refuses to walk in the center some of the tracks have no sides and go straight down a hill so it can be a bit hairy at times
1: yeah that's um i was uh there's a horse there's a video it was, it was on the last um question and answer that we did and i just visited the lady at the clinic actually she was doing a clinic with me um just that i've just finished and um so she had a horse that started running sideways on the trail rides you know slipping out of the side it was an ex-race So by by the sounds of it, your horse taps out when it's out on trail, so there's there's more adrenaline in it, and it's it's feeling sort of trapped, so it's just kind of leaking away, Um, you know, somehow in this mind, it's trying to get somewhere else, and it doesn't want to follow the feel of what you're asking it. So basically, I would go back, and I would really address this steering uh, and just your basic accelerator in a place that's safe, um, you can't just educate a horse like that out on a narrow track, knowing that you might fall off the track at any stage because it's because it's too dangerous. So you have to go back in a safe area and the things that you can control like the reins and the legs, um, it's like I the way I sort of sometimes talk about things is you know, if, if you say for instance you take your horse out on a track, um then because it's outside on that track and there's an environmental change, the horse gets anxious. But what you'll find. Um, you know, so basically, you can treat anxiety as if it's a bank account, uh, of black money. So, so you know what I mean by that, that um, the money that you get that you shouldn't have sort of thing, you know, that black market money. Um, so basically, you, you don't want any money in your bank account. So you don't want any bank, you don't want any anxiety in your bank account. So what, what you do is you, 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 you walk you, in a safe place, you pick up a right rein. And if you think that when you pick up a right rein that's adding anxiety, then that means you're putting money in the bank account and you don't want that money in there. So, so you've got to keep working on the right rein and the left rein and the backup until when you pick up any of those things that you can control, it takes worry out of the horse. So you're, 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 you're basically um, taking worry out of the horse, which means you're withdrawing money, withdrawing worry, okay? So you can withdraw worry from the horse by getting it to think with the left rein, think with the right rein, back up, and it learns how to balance and steer. So when you go outside, then there's all these things that you can't control. So that's things that will put worry into that account, sort of puts money into the account. But because you can control your reins now, um, you can withdraw that that worry, that external worry gets put in so you withdraw it with the rein so basically if you pick up a left rein the horse sees a sees a kangaroo for instance and goes i'm worried which means worry goes into the account well you pick up a left rein and say well i'll withdraw some worry by getting you to let go of that thought and steer over here so you can constantly sort of monitor the amount of anxiety in that horse by withdrawing that worry every time unwanted worry comes in but by the sounds of it and a lot of other horses if that horse is leaking out through the reins like it is i'd say that the reins are also adding to worry so basically when it's worried on the track when you take a rein it's adding more worry to the horse so then it's basically getting close to the overload point so what you're trying to do is is in a safe area get the horse really balanced with the things that you can control like your legs your your reins until each one of those things the horse is very comfortable with and they're not adding worry and in most cases like the reins they're actually taking worry out of the horse effectively um, by by saying let go of that hard thought for instance so i think i think you want to address it like that get the steering working really good and do a lot of u-turns in the in the in the, in the area that's safe so basically you pick up the feel of a rein. the horse has got to think with that rein and go in a new direction and just ride around one rein at a time, just teaching that horse to, to turn around and go in a new direction. So reins mean turn. The other thing I want to sort of also mention is don't straighten your horse all the time. Don't use your reins and your legs to keep your horse straight. That's the most common thing that people do that, that almost creates leaks in horses. So basically, if you want to go straight, you hang the reins and, and just sit straight and the horse should go straight. And reins are for turning, not for straightening. So when you're using your reins, They're they're for turning your horse um, and always use the reins to turn your horse and don't straighten all those little increments where your horse is just leaking here and leaking there. If the horse leaks and gets a little anxious, you just do a turn in a new direction until the horse is just happy to go on a nice straight line and it's happy to follow the rein wherever the rein goes and you just keep doing a lot of those turns. And then obviously you could advance those turns into indirect rein hindquarter yield turns where you can, you know, uh, that you can take the power out of that hindquarter and the hindquarter step over. And that's a really good one for, for, for stopping horses from leaking through the shoulder as you take a rein up in towards your belly button and the horse just steps over and goes in a new direction. So, you know, I'd address all that in a safe area and, and make sure your horse is very comfortable with those things so they're not adding anxiety. And then you take that back out on trail and you'll find that the things will be a lot easier.
0: okay mark i've got a question from carol she says firstly thank you for the time and thought you give to responding to these queries so that's that's nice it's good that you can help so many people she says that one of her adjustment owners an experienced rider has recently purchased a 10 year old stock horse gilding which had been a polo pony since first being started he's a nice type sensible and well educated working calmly at the walk and trot but when asked for canter can be explosive a slight shift in the saddle often produces an unwanted flying change. His calmer when ridden out in the bush and t- more tense in the arena, although that's improving. All of this is understandable, she says, in the light of his history, but she's just wondering what you might suggest that would help him settle more in the canter.
1: Um, yeah, like a subject we were just talking about before, about broken horses, um, so the polo horses and that, um, can go on high adrenaline, and sometimes the canter can be more of a trigger than, say, for instance, the trot, because it's kind of a lot of cantering, and and that's when they. Um, but but I'd say, without going into too much detail and sending you on too many, you know, uh, different garden paths, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make a bit of a punt and say, I have a feeling the horse will be shifting okay off your seat and going into a trot nice and easily. But when you sit and squeeze your legs for canter, which is the most common thing to get a horse to canter, that could be the trigger. And I say, if I had a horse like that, what I would do is I would work the horse in the walk a lot and I would ride it without a seat. Cause I'd say the horse is so sensitive. It feels a forward shift in seat and it goes forward, but to get a canner, you have to squeeze it, but that squeeze triggers it to run. So instead of working at the canner all the time and trying to slow the canner down and relax the horse and slow the canner down and relax the horse, I won't send you that way yet. What I'm going to try and encourage you to do is work on riding without the seat and say the only thing I own is legs. And that's going to encourage the person to ride with their lower leg from their knee down to their heels and only that and a nice loose pelvis that's saying, you know, I'm just sitting on a chair watching television, but I'm sitting out of my horse's way. I'm not sitting heavy and and floppy. I'm just sitting nice and straight, but I have no influence through my core and my seat in in the horse's go button. And and that, that forces us to use the lower leg. And that usually tells us how the horse feels about that. Whereas a lot of those horses, I find they walk off. You haven't had to squeeze them. You can get them to trot without any squeeze. And then when you're trotting, you're rising. And then when you want to counter, you sit and squeeze, and that's when they go pop. So riding without a seat encourages you to use, use your legs right from the get-go. And if you find that horse is, 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 is destinating in its thoughts as soon as you squeeze it, then basically the first rule of thumb that I would teach that horse is how to take one soft step to a soft squeeze. So it's squeezed with the heels a little bit. If the horse takes a rush, one rush step and, and it's their thoughts are, are further than that step, then I just stop. And I'd step back and say, let's try again. And I could keep, you might ride the horse two or three rides, not even go anywhere, but one or two soft steps. And then when the horse learns to squeeze and take a soft step, you know it's starting to get comfortable with that. Um, the lower leg and accelerator. And then I would encourage a lot of walk transitions right up to the fast walk, right back down to the slow walk, only using the legs. So you, you can, and then you get to a stage that you can get your horse to go from a standstill to a medium trot just with a squeeze but without anxiety and you just keep working on squeeze up and feel comfortable. Once you've worked on all that, then you'll probably identify that if the horse was the trigger was that lower leg and that sit canner cue. And then all you have to do is get the horse to a stage that it can step into canner. So the next thing, instead of letting them canner rushed, I just say step up to canner. Then I quickly just turn them back, and say now back to walk, stop, slow walk, fast walk, and go back to my walk transition when the horse is centred and calm. I might squeeze it up to canner. But um, I would really work on lower leg for some time and see where that gets you. And then, you know, maybe down, down the track a bit, maybe into the question and answer, just see how that, that working on that lower leg a lot has helped your horse. Um, and for everybody else out there that's listening, um, I was, you know, I've seen this, I've been shown this, I've seen it, taught at clinics, I've seen it everywhere. We start with our seat and then if it doesn't listen to our seat, we work our way down to our lower leg. I don't believe that's a good way to train a horse. I believe we should be starting with our legs and then later on when the horse understands our legs, then we can use our seat. Because when we finally get down to a lower leg on a sensitive or worried horse, one that's really worried about the legs, um, then basically who taught the horse the lower legs? So basically if I was to shift my seat and my horse didn't listen, then I back it up with my legs. Well, if I haven't taught my horse legs, I'm only backing it up with just a like a bigger hammer that the horse is scared of opposed to something the horse understands. So if you're going to back your seat up with your legs, then technically you have to teach the horse legs first. So in, in, in the foundation training, it's crucial to work from the outside in so later on we can work from the inside out.
0: I hope that helps Carol let us know. Mark, the final question for today is from Dawn. Um, Dawn says, thank you very much. She's loving the videos, just so that you know. So Dawn has a horse that is, uh, she says, blowing off once you take the whole off in the field to turn out. So uh, this horse is spinning and running away really quickly. So she doesn't want to get kicked. It's sort of she's getting more and more um, bigger as she's doing this. And she gets turned out every day. So she's obviously kept in a, a barn overnight. And um, in that barn, she has quite big windows and she can see other horses. She's very buddy anxious and the dynamics change. You know, when she can see the other horses, she likes to run to the nearest horse and roll or run to the fence where she can see the other horses. And then she has a roll. Um, she's very respectful in lots of other ways. She doesn't do it in the stool. Um, but she has tried leaving her outside all of the, you know, 24 seven, but she just continuously runs the fence line non stop, screaming. So I'm not sure whether she actually has a companion in the paddock when she's let out, but she's obviously very focused on other horses when she does get let out. She's tried doing groundwork with her in the paddock before letting her off. She's tried standing in different positions, but it's always happening. Um, she's a 12 year old mare. She doesn't get ridden quite so much now and the owner just wants to find a balance to help her feel good and not so anxious all the time.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's a fair few red flags in there. Um, One of the biggest red flags, it sounds like she doesn't like being stabled up all night and she's sort of a bit desperate when she comes out, which which makes that a far bigger trigger when she comes out and wanting to really tear off to to destinate to somewhere safe for her because there's a lot of her feeling not so good and unsafe um, when she's, you know, in that stall all night. So that's one of the biggest things is um, there's something that's happening back in there that's really making her struggle. But so, so there's a lot of things you can address, you know, in there. Like, you know, it's hard because I think horses should be out in a herd environment and happy, not have this sort of, mixed up environment where they're taken away and then they're put out and then there's herd over there that they can't be with and all that sort of stuff. I think that just creates more ha- problems than, than, it than, you know, which then we have to step up our education in a way that we're kind of fixing all the problems that are actually problems caused through the horse's stress when we're not there. Um, so, so the only thing I can really give you a proper answer to is what you can do with her so she doesn't tear off and she feels more confident with you. Groundwork's only good if groundwork helps that horse feel good and connected with you and safe around you. Teaching it how to do things, teaching it how to move their feet won't help them at all. So when you're letting her go and stuff like that, you, you want to know she's connected with you, not just flicking an ear on you. You want to know that she's with you emotionally. So you want to you spend a bit more time you know, getting her to reset, let go of those hard thoughts and those distractions. Um, So basically, anytime you see her gaze out, glaze over in the eyes, look off in the distance, you maybe do something that's clear enough to say let go of that thought. And then once she lets go of that outside thought, then she's thinking in with you and then you sort of just, you know, she might sniff on you and then just let her relax in there with you and let her feel okay with you so she feels safe with you. So you can show her if she keeps the thoughts more around you, then she feels good. Um, so instead of the destination over there being her attraction for safety, she's her mind and the feet are together. Because the only reason she's tearing off is because her feet are trying to catch the thoughts. That's 90%, nine, ninety-nine percent of well, the other, yeah, it's 90% of the problem. But the 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 creation of the problem is obviously a lot of other different things, but um, so basically you're just trying to say let go of that outside thought, that gazy thought over in the distance where you think safety is. When she lets go of that, you have to offer her a good alternative, so you can't just distract the horse and then offer them nothing. So basically you have to be a strong centre for her to feel good around, and when she's leading with you and confident with you, she's happy to follow you almost like you're her strong friend or her mum or whatever like that, and, and, and she feels really good about that. Once you've got that connection established, then – her thoughts don't have a need to leave because she's in a comfortable place around you. And then when you let her go, um, she's not going to just tear off. So when you get her out of the stable, between the stable and the paddock, you have to work really hard on getting a connection with her, spending some time a little bit in the stable with her till she's sort of soft and not anticipating the next thing. Cause it sounds like she's just the horse that's got in the future. They become destinators in all in all situations we're in the stable they're thinking outside the stable when they're going between the stable and the paddock they're already minds in the paddock where where their friends that they'd like to be with are Um, and they never actually think about the environment that they're in they're just like going through a tunnel and all they're going they're just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel just trying to get through the tunnel so basically they've got to enjoy that journey not not just look at the end and and just get to there so that's getting her more connected to you but you know, as I say, if you can get her to let go of those hard thoughts and distract them, bring them, bring them back to you, then spend more time where she's really connected with you, and just really pay attention to where her thoughts are. Much like the question that I answered at the start of this question answer, is it's the same thing. You, you know, you take her so many meters, and if you see those thoughts slipping away, you reset her until she, it, it's it's her responsibility to keep more connected to you, and she's doing it because she likes it. Because a horse is disconnected from its mind and its feet, its mind and feet are disconnected. It's usually a horse that doesn't feel good. But when you show her that connecting the mind and the feet and being more more present in your environment and connected to you makes it feel good, well, she'll soon take it as her responsibility to do that. Because horses are only seeking comfortable, like seeking a feeling of, of being comfortable and safety. So, you know, they're really only seeking that. And if you if you offer her that, then she won't tear off to be somewhere else.
0: She says that um, she's running the fence line non-stop screaming. Have you got any advice to actually help her to integrate so that she can let her out constantly in the paddock? Because obviously that's where she wants to be.
1: So is there other horses in the paddock in that in the question? I she can't didn't. Remember in the,
0: yeah, she didn't there. say. So I assume, I assume there isn't. She's by herself.
1: Well, that's why she's screaming running the fence. Yeah. She needs to be with horses. Um, you know, you can curve all these behaviours, but at the end of the day, horses have to be with horses. Um, you know, I, I go to a lot of, you know, very nice, pretty places and the horses are worth quite a bit of money. So, of course, the, of course there's a sort of dollar sign on the horses. They kind of get, get kept in these little – well, they get kept in fairly comfortable paddocks and they can interact with other horses, but it's always a way apart and they're kind of on their own so they can't scratch each other, they can't mutually groom, they can't form their little friendships and stuff as strongly – and I think you know some of those horses it's <laughs> when I think about how many horses get get hurt in a in a big paddock situation in a mob and i and I hear about the of stories of horses that have been isolated and hurt, I think, well, there's just as much if not more danger having horses semi isolated semi-isolated in a paddock running up and down, maybe sliding into a fence one day when it's wet because they're anxious opposed to you know the possibility of getting kicked in a herd so i think I think it's I think some of these things we have to we have to really acknowledge that they're horses, and you can't you can't train everything, you can't fix everything uh, just through training. You have to have the right balance of of, of comfortable, um, you know, home time or paddock time, and and good education.
0: Dawn, if you're thinking of um, reintroducing her to some of your other horses that you've got there. There are some podcasts that Mark's done where he's answered that question specifically, how do I reintroduce a horse to another horse safely? So maybe just have a quick look on the membership, just, you know, do that search, because I think that, that will help you if you're, if you're interested in, in helping her integrate with the paddock buddy. The,
1: the bigger the paddock, the better it is. Um, the horse has to, has to have room to get away from the bullying um, so they can sort of stay away until they slowly integrate themselves or allowed back into a herd. Um, but if it's a small paddock with lots of dodgy corners, that's that's not good. You'd never do it on a wet, slippery day. Um, sometimes feeding other horses and stuff, um, you know, putting feed out that the other horses are all sort of, you know, connected to the hay for a little while and eating hay, you know, that, that, that's, that's spread out in a big area. Um, slowly softens the blow as that new horse comes in instead of them seeing this new thing just jump into the paddock and go, oh, let's run and chase that they might be more um, focused on the hay for a little bit. So you can offer little distractions like that at the start of an introduction, but yeah, there's there's more, more, um, but yeah, I definitely think that she needs a, a bit of company that would help her a lot.
0: There you go, Dawn. There's some more advice for you. Thank you very much for your questions, everybody. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos, just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a 7-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.